if your deepest desire is freedom or happiness, lasting happiness that freedom promises, there has to be a willingness to face everything, to face whatever it is that you might be avoiding, to face the fear of loss, right, the fear of death, or the fear of rebirth. There has to be this willingness to meet what is, what is actually here, not what you imagine might be here, but what is here, really. It's a more intimate examination and a willingness to welcome what arises without the movement to resist, fix, or change. There has to be this willingness to face everything which requires a deep surrender of your own personal control, right? A surrender of the powers of mind to imagine, remember, and project. A surrender of the mind to the infinite realm of the heart. This is the nature of facing everything. The essence is surrender. Surrendering what you think. Surrendering what you feel, right? And it's the end of stopping the natural tendency to follow the movement of mind to fix or change. We tend to try and fix or change our circumstances or we might be hoping that our circumstances will be getting better or that we will wait until that perfected time when we become enlightened. So in this waiting process for the perfected to arrive, the perfection of now is overlooked, right? And life is messy. It's not neat. It doesn't fit in a tidy little box, right? It's a mess. So part of facing everything is welcoming the mess of life because it's not about fixing or changing your circumstances. Your circumstances have nothing to do with freedom. Your circumstances have nothing to do with freedom. Freedom is the presence that is here and now, that is unaffected by the constantly changing movements of your circumstances, your thoughts, your feelings, your memories, and your imagination about the future, right? So there has to be this willingness to surrender control, the willingness to surrender your strategies to protect, your strategies to fix your life, fix your relationship, fix your job, your boss, whatever it is, your children, right? This very powerful movement of mind to fix or change in an effort to make things perfect, right? An effort to bring the happiness that we long for. But happiness and freedom will never be found 
in your circumstances, in your feelings, in your thoughts, in the world. The world is in a constant state of change, right? So if you're looking to things that change constantly for happiness, you might have moments of happiness or states of happiness that come and go, but this is not the lasting happiness of freedom. So part of facing everything is facing the unexpected, right? Maybe the loss of someone you love. And certainly the earthquake, the massive earthquake that just happened in Nepal is a great lesson in the impermanence of life, right? Many people have died suddenly in an instant. Their lives were snuffed out, right? They were taken. And the heartbreak of that loss, especially if you've lost someone that you love, right, can be very painful because of the attachment to it being a different way. How could this have happened, right? This resistance of this horrible news is part of the pain of suffering. And they, the other part of suffering is the attachment to someone that you love, which is a normal aspect of mind, to be attached to someone that you love, right? Or to be attached to the way things were. There's many ancient temples that fell down in Nepal. They've been there forever, for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. And in an instant they're destroyed, right? And this is what Jesus meant when he said, not one stone will remain on top of the other. And he was talking about King Solomon's temple that housed the great Ark of the Covenant, right? The Ten Commandments of Moses. And he said, not one stone will stand upon another, but my word will remain. So what he's pointing to is this presence of being that is unaffected even by the most violent earthquake that could crash a temple to the ground, right? That could take a person's life in an instant. So it's this willingness to allow what is, right, instead of resisting what is that enables you or gives you the space to discover what is unaffected in this moment, right? What is free of the heartbreak? And to discover what is free of the heartbreak, you must dive into the heartbreak, right? You must meet what we most avoid, which is the death of the body or the rebirth of the body, right? Death and rebirth are two sides of the same coin, just like fear and doubt are two sides of the same coin. And if you're walking around with two fish in your pocket, right? Fear and doubt as two dead fish, how can you possibly be free if you're walking around with a dead fish of fear and doubt in your pockets. It stinks, right? Fear stinks. 
doubt stinks because it's a closing of mind. Fear is a closing of mind around a sensation in the body. And doubt is closing of mind around a belief. I doubt this will work is a thought, right? So the mind closes or narrows in on a, th- on a single thought. This is the nature of doubt. And it's the reason why Ramana said, doubt the doubter. Because if you don't examine the core issue deeply, intimately, the sense I am me, this doubter, right? The one who doubts, there will be no end to doubts. So you have to see through this deep sense, I am me and this is my body, right? Because the nature of all suffering comes back to that very core issue, I am me. And so examining fear examining doubt, welcoming the circumstances of your life, the end of fixing or changing your circumstances, the end of waiting for some kind of perfection to materialize in the willingness to surrender all of that, then you can see the perfection in this moment, right? You can let go of your attempts to fix, change, and control, and protect. Because these movements of fixing, changing, controlling, and protecting are bondage. Because ultimately, every strategy to protect fails, right? As this earthquake in Nepal demonstrates so beautifully. All strategies have failed when a building collapses on top of you. It's over in that moment. It's the end of the physical form. But as the Buddha recognized, form is emptiness and emptiness is form. You are the emptiness, not the form right? And it's the deeper and deeper recognition of this that frees you from the circumstances that can keep you trapped. It frees you from the dead fish of fear and doubt when you're willing to doubt the doubter and examine the fear intimately for yourself. So facing every, everything is surrender, it's letting go. It's welcoming the mess of life. It's welcoming the heartbreak of life, the loss of life, and examining it intimately inside of you so that you can discover what is always at peace, what is always here, what is always free. And this is the essence of freedom, is intimately examining where is your attention? What are you giving your attention to? Your thoughts in and of themselves do not cause suffering. It's giving your attention to those thoughts that animates the thought. Without your attention, thought has no power, right? So it's the attention that gives power to the reflective consciousness of mind.
So the heart is the sun and the mind is the moon. It's a reflection of the consciousness of the heart. But it is not the source. It is not the sun. It is not the heart, right? The moon reflects the light of the sun. The mind reflects the light of consciousness, the light of your heart, the freedom and love that you are and always will be. The challenge is to welcome what is and discover what is always free, what is always at peace, what is freedom itself that is alive within you. This is the discovery that offers you lasting happiness because it is the essence of who you are, pure, unbounded love. Thank you so much for listening. This is Koshi, and I'll be talking to you again soon. Mm-hmm.